Welcome to the Get the Knack podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Knack. This is the season premiere of season five. It's a reboot and a relaunch, if you will. And I am joined by my good friend, my old Navy buddy. He writes for popmatters.com. His name is Chris Ingalls. Chris is in New York instead of Boston. And I'm coming to you from Ocean Shores, Washington, my new hometown. Chris, how the hell are you? Jerry, I am doing very well. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm happy to be back podcasting and podcasting yep. with you. And it's been it's been over a year. A lot has happened. We have both been through the unemployment ringer. We're both gainfully employed yet again. And here we are on the Get the Knack podcast once again. Yeah, it's um a few things have happened. Um <laughs> you and think? I think yeah, I think you know what. Now that now that you mention it, I think it's been, I think it's been like eighteen months because I think that the last podcast you did, the pandemic had already started, right? Yeah, I think the last one was May. May, okay. I was going to say April, but close enough. Um, so yeah, but still, almost a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and it's been yeah, like you know, <laughs> you, besides the pandemic. Even if it wasn't, you know, even without the pandemic, you know, our job situations have both been kind of, you know, uh, uh, kind of crazy. Um, But, you know, I think we've both landed on our feet, which is good. But, uh, yeah, it's been a weird, very weird year, year and a half. And uh, really glad that you've decided to redo this, uh, restart this again, because it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, I've, I've talked to you a lot over the past year or so about how, you know, when are you going to get back into it? When are you going to get back into it? And uh, looks like you're finally finally doing it. So great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to have you again. And uh, it's always a lot of fun uh, when we get together for these uh, alcohol-fueled rants that we, uh, <laughs> that we engage in. Um, but no, it's uh, – I wanted to – First of all, I had to save some money, right? And that SoundCloud account was uh, was eaten into some things, and I know it doesn't seem like a whole lot, but you know that yeah, it adds up. Sure does. And you know the way I was doing it I had to use the unlimited account, right? You can't do the free and only have three hours because you know our shows go an hour to an hour and a half anyway. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do that, but I also wanted to invest in some equipment, right? Because you know. I always thought on my end it sounded okay, but a lot of time, you know, you're calling in. I had the one microphone, yeah. and I got a, I got a, I didn't have obviously a soundproof room. I still don't. However, here at the new house in Washington, I have a home office, and was able to invest in some podcasting equipment. I have uh, a basically, it, it's the essentially a mini radio board, right? I could even program it these four buttons to play sound effects or music or whatever. Um, Ooh, fancy. Yeah, right? And I wanted one that had the, um, you know, an SD card, right? I wanted to be able to record right in the box rather than record to the computer. So my MacBook died at some point. So I got a nice, nice iMac that I'm using. Um, But I didn't want to record straight to that. So we got some new equipment, got a great new microphone. uh, And and the great thing about this is I can plug my, my smartphone right into the box. So you are piped into the box. We don't have to worry about, you know, you just talking into ambient, ambient air and hope the microphone picks you up. Oh, so so it, it doesn't. I don't sound like I'm on the phone. I actually sound like I'm in the room with you. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. You know, pretty close. It's it's not a Jason Barrett situation where he's talking into a coffee can. 
to make it sound like it's a live remote, but oh, that's a that's such a great story. I, <laughs> that's such a great memory. I, I don't think we have time to get into. No, the story, we don't. Just, no, but it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. <laughs> Absolutely. Good Yep. So you mentioned the pandemic, right? And you did travel down to New York uh, via train, which I'm jealous as hell because I do love a train ride, right? Um, I've done as many uh, train rides like in California as I could. We would do like a like an Easter train ride, go see the Easter Bunny in the Santa Cruz Mountains or whatever. Um, Uh Did one uh, did one in Yosemite one time when I first moved out there. Love love a good train ride. The Bay Area Rapid Transit System. I never got a chance to to do it as much as I would have liked, even though it's a commuter train. So, a mm-hmm. little jealous of your train ride, but you're in New York, not in Boston. Why the hell are you in the city that never sleeps? And I know it's probably a long time coming because this pandemic business um, mm-hmm. has kept us away from concerts and shows and, and yeah. even movies, right? So, right. Okay, why are you in New York? Um, I was in New York. I am still in New York, I should say, um, in order to go see a couple of bands that I um, am rather fond of. I, um, you know, as, as you mentioned before, I write for Pop Matters and I've actually um, written about um, a lot of, a lot of the bands that I've been writing about over the last, during the pandemic are, are you know, a lot of sort of indie bands that are sort of based in the New York area. And one of them is this band called Office Culture that I've grown rather fond of. And they were um, on a, a bill uh, three bands were playing in uh, Manhattan last night, uh, including them at this place called the Mercury Lounge. And so I decided to take a day off from work, take the train down, um, uh, spend, you know, stay with my, my uh, friends of mine who live in Brooklyn and then go into Manhattan to see this band, which I did last night. And um, I'm heading back via train tomorrow afternoon but yeah basically i wanted to go see this band because i've been a big fan of theirs and also it's not just the band itself it's just the idea of getting back into this whole um you know idea of seeing live music again i've, I've been lucky enough to see some live music over the past month or so and it's been really great and um this was a really terrific venue in manhattan and um you know, everybody was fully vaxxed. You need to show proof of vaccination, your mask, unless you're, you know, drinking or whatever, eating. And um, had a really lovely time. This this, this band is, uh, like I said, I've been a fan for a while. And um, uh, meet a bunch of the people in the band and meet a bunch of other people who I've had the pleasure of working with and writing about over the past year. So it, in a way, it was seeing live music, but it was also kind of a um, a bit of a, meet and greet with a bunch of people that I've gotten to know during the pandemic. So um, really fantastic time. Um, again, the band is Office Culture. I'm a huge fan. They have a new album coming out probably in a couple months. And um, today um, I worked remotely for my new job, um, so I wouldn't have to take any additional time off. So I brought my laptop, um, worked a little bit, and uh uh, met up with my best friend from high school who lives here in Brooklyn and we went out and as you saw from the pictures we had a few drinks and uh, went to this really amazing barbecue place here in Brooklyn and um, yeah so it's just been a it's been a fun trip so far and I'm, I'm heading back uh, getting back on the Acela tomorrow Are you still there? Yeah I'm here you cut out a little bit but that's alright oh, <clears throat> No it's alright um, yeah, so what did you miss? Did you miss the whole thing? What no, no, miss? no. I got all that. I got all that. I mean, yeah. So I'm looking at your pictures on, on Facebook and I'm, I'm thinking I got to catch up. 
because I see beer flights. I see all kinds of stuff. So I've got a good scotch. I've got a good um, 12.2 ABV uh, quadruple ale from Boulevard in Kansas City. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to catch up here. Um, oh, okay. Well, best of luck to you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> best, best of luck. Yeah. Yeah. I, good luck had, getting yeah, had, faded. Good job. Yeah. I had a, I had a flight and the, the beers in the flight were all fairly low alcohol. I think the highest level, highest one was like a 6%. And then when we went to the barbecue place, I had a, um, I had an IPA that was about six and a half percent. So it wasn't my usual, you know me. I mean, I'm oh, yeah. a double IPA guy, but um, decided to kind of take it easy because um, I don't know why. There's never really a good reason. <laughs> no. I, just, I just felt, well, last night when I was at the venue, last night when I was at the show, I had a few and I was just like, well, I think I'll just uh, kind of like moderate it tonight. But um, uh, again, I don't know why, um, but um uh, yeah, I, I, I also want to put in a plug for the place that I had dinner tonight. It was amazing. It was this barbecue place called Dinosaur Barbecue and um, had a really great burger. And um, it's in the Gowanus section of Brooklyn. And uh, if you're in the area and you like good barbecue, this place is fantastic. They are not paying me to say that. <laughs> yeah for for my dozens of listeners that are out there if sure. you happen to be in in new york if you happen to be in brooklyn go check it out um yes yeah they, they it looked very appetizing in the uh yes, in the photographs yeah uh, i'm a west village kind of guy so yeah. um you know adore the west village there's a place there called jekyll and hyde and uh-huh. they run universal horror films on loop so, um, but last I checked, New York wasn't famous for the craft beer scene. So, uh, I, I, I would imagine you, you might be having a little trouble finding the higher ABVs there, right? Well, I, you know, I, um, we didn't, we only went to one brewery, um, and, um, I, you're right. They didn't really have a whole lot of the, um, higher ABVs, but I have been to breweries here on previous trips and they do have them. Although to be honest with you, I'm, you know, if you were to compare New York to Boston, my experience is that in Boston it's, I think it seems to be a little bit easier to find the higher ABVs. It may, again, maybe it's just been my, my experience, just my random experience. But um, yeah, I mean, I didn't see anything that was higher than like a, uh, maybe a seven or an eight, but you know, to, to for me, that's, perfectly fine because uh, you know i love a double ipa but after two i'm basically just like you know fall yeah, flat on my face worthless so. <laughs> yeah i mean it's 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 almost it's like a science it's sort of like you know i like ones that are about eight eight and a half percent more than you know if i have a third it's like that was a really stupid thing to do you're gonna regret <laughs> this and i always do well so, and the thing about I, those ipas right especially the doubles and triples are very filling right so yeah. um you know, it's like having a, you know, a salad in a can. Um, yeah. <laughs> with, all, with all the hops, right? So, I'm, you know, me, I'm, a, I'm more of a dark beer guy, right? I'm a, I'm a stouts and porters yeah. kind of guy. So, you know, um, but even then, I, I don't want all the calories. So that's why I like the higher ABVs. Can I, I can just have one or two. I'm good. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't yeah. have to put away a six-pack of beer-flavored water to get the same same effect. Um, right. You know, and and now that I don't work in the National Football League anymore, I can motherfuck all the beers that are ever sponsored every team: Coors Light, Bud Light, all of them. Beer flavored water. Life is too short to drink skanky beer. 
So that is true. I, you know, you and I both kind of discovered the craft beer scene um, with different varieties, of course, different favorites, uh, relatively at the same time. And uh, I, I really do believe life is too short to drink bad beer. So, well, I, I would also say the same thing about coffee. I agree with that 100 percent. Uh, 100%. And you know what's kind of funny? Living here in Washington State now, right? And only people of a certain age listening to this are going to understand this. But this area of the country is where they took the old photomat booths and turned them into drive through espresso stands, right? The first place I ever saw this was up in Whidbey Island when we were back into service, right? Went up to Whidbey Island one time and I was driving around in a government vehicle that they loaned me while I was on assignment. And you're driving through the old photo map booths, but they're, they're coffee stands now. And we have them all over the place here. Um, I live, right. I now live uh, about 45 minutes away from where Kurt Cobain grew up in right. Aberdeen, Washington. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a bridge name for him there. Um, I, I, have not really had a chance to talk to you uh, this way since I visited Eargasm, which is a fantastic used record store, and found you that Frank Zappa box set, right? Yes, absolutely. And thank you for that once again. Well, it's serendipity, right? I got to tell you the whole story. So I go in there. The guy tries to tell me he is like Elvis Presley's grandson. I, this fucking guy I, I'm like are you kidding me I mean you walk it you get a contact high when you walk in the place which you know it's legal here so who gives a shit so right. but you walk in there's there's vinyl record albums everywhere and mm-hmm. and you know he's sitting on this this old leather couch with this guy who's tuning a guitar and it was serendipity because he was showing me a couple things and then he pulls out the Frank Zappa box set right yeah and you know, I immediately thought of you, and I know what a big Frank Zappa fan you are, and yeah. it was just this weird thing. He could have showed me anything. I mean, because right. he, you know, he's pulling all kinds of stuff off the shelf. That's why I bought the uh, the Ken Kesey album with the Grateful right. Dead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and he he shows me this. I'm like. Oh, I got to get this for Chris. So yeah. I, was, uh, I was happy to do that for you. It was, it was just one of those things where target of opportunity and, uh, well, you, you know, called me, right? Didn't you call me? I called you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I texted you a picture and it had to be a specific one and had to have like this particular article imprinted on the inside of the box. And, um, yeah, like the original, the original issue that had like, like specific liner notes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, I, was, yeah. I was being a real, I was being a real pain in the ass about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> hey, look, if it's, if it's commercially and widely available, you know, what the yeah. hell's the point, right? But, sure, you know, sure. looking at the quality of it and the fact that it was one of these rare things and you needed it or wanted it and it was only 60 bucks, right? I mean, yeah. so... it was actually a really good deal. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, he took the, the records out of the sleeves. He showed me that, you know, they were all in good shape. Um, you know, I had to buy a Patti Smith record. I didn't own any Patti Smith at all, so I had to buy a Patti Smith yeah. record, you know, so... Yeah. And then he's got this great deal. If you spend... What was it? You spend more than 40 bucks, he's got a pile on the floor. You pick whatever you want, and, and you don't have to pay any extra for it. I'm like, are oh, you kidding cool. me? Yeah. So I walked out of there with all kinds of stuff. Um, so, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, great store. Found another another great record store in Olympia. Couldn't tell you what the hell the name of it is. Um, but they were having... Like, you just went to one of those, you know, um, those bar bargain bin sales right mm-hmm. and uh, they had like an outdoor outdoor sale with all kinds of stuff for a dollar or less or whatever you know it's just you know i'm not a this hipster that that loves vinyl right i inherited vinyl from my father i have a yeah. great record player i just bought new speakers 
I like the vinyl that I have. I'm not going to seek it unless, you know, I'm just like on a bookstore or record store crawl, right? Okay, uh, yeah. Right? So, again, it's targets of opportunity. Sure. And, and you know, I'm actually getting getting my son, Noah, who just turned 15, into a little bit of vinyl. He's got the uh, the latest Billie Eilish on vinyl. So, oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Sound, the 180-gram pressing sounds fantastic. Yeah. You know. That's and, great. And I've got, you know, the most recent New Order, New Order Music Complete on vinyl. I've got, I've got some mm-hmm. substance, I guess, substance by Joy Division. I've got some stuff that I've collected recently, but, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and, and, you know, go, go nuts with vinyl. I've got plenty of CDs and other stuff to listen to. So it's a, it's a carefully curated collection, as they say. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, so let's let's uh, let's talk about uh, some stuff going on in pop pop culture, right? Because that's what we do, and we talk about movies, we talk about music, we talk about TV. Um, so you're you're there in New York. Yeah. I got to get the shameless plug in. You're listening to the Get the Knack podcast with Jerry Knack and my good friend, special guest Chris Ingles of Pop Matters. Chris, um, so for you, it's it's live music. For me. It's movies, right? That is the yeah. one thing during the pandemic that I have missed more than anything else. Been able to go out to eat here and there, it, it, you know, maybe not as often or as frequently, but still been able to do that. But movies are the one thing, and I've and I've I've said it in the last several months that the one movie that's going to get me back in the theater. Speaking of Billie Eilish, No Time to Die. Daniel Craig, his last go-around as James Bond. That's going to get me into the movie theater. It opens next Friday here in the States. Um, so, it is definitely, that's official that it's his last one? Yep. Yep. It's his fifth one. He's done. He's not going to do any more. Um, they, they had to twist his arm and write a very, very, very big check to get him to do this last one. Um for me, Daniel Craig is James Bond 1B. Sean Connery will always be 1A. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, genre-defining, uh, character-defining right. performance and role for him. Sure. But but Daniel Craig is right there with him. And I, I grew up on Roger Moore, as you did, right? We grew up yeah, on as, as James yep. Bond. Mm-hmm. And, and those be- started to become cartoonish as they they went along. And Oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, when Daniel Craig came came around and a lot of people criticized, oh, we're going to have a blonde James Bond. Who gives a shit? The guy. The, people were saying that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and now everybody's He's having blonde. a cow because we might have a black James Bond. We might have a female. Is that, is that official? Is, it, is, is your selfie going to be the no, next one? No, we don't know. Just... Nobody said officially. Nobody said officially. I think, be gra- I think he'd be great. He'd be great. Did you, did you ever watch Luther? You ever watch this insanity? I didn't, but it's 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 on my list. Uh, everybody you, tells you, me. Yeah, you got to watch it. You got to you got to watch Luther. It's 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 really good. It's uh, Idris Elba at his at his best. It, it yeah. really is because um, he's he grows into the character as he goes along, and 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 it's just it becomes total insanity. Um, but it's you know, it's really good. So I want to see that. And the other one that I want to see it comes out in November and that's Ghostbusters Afterlife and yes I've seen the, the trailer it looks fantastic yeah and you know and I did like the Melissa McCarthy Kristen Wiig Ghostbusters I mm-hmm. enjoyed it but I, I looked at it more as love letter to the franchise mm-hmm. as, as sure. opposed to canon right this yep. is this is going to be true Ghostbusters canon and, and Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 
are two movies that I watch whenever they come on television. There's there's a charm to them. There's there's yeah. uh, amazing character development in these movies, and sure. and you know they're just silly, ridiculous films. But at the same time, oh. they stand the test of time. They still they still resonate. I adore them, and it seems like this one that's coming out in November is, is pitch perfect. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it has an interesting vibe to it that I think you know not so much comedy and more of like almost like more supernatural i mean am i reading that right yeah yeah absolutely and it's it, it just seems like a natural continuation of the story arc right As those yeah. films came out in the 80s and if i remember right ghostbusters came out in 1984 and yep. um when you look at it uh how they're how they're doing it you know unfortunately harold ramus passed away and and you know couldn't be involved or uh you know but uh you know annie potts is is involved and and obviously mm-hmm. they tease dan Aykroyd being in it uh sure. you, know, you know raise a cult um <laughs> right <laughs> yeah we're closed yeah. um you know so it, it it should be both love letter nostalgia but also a good continuation of the story arc yeah i think so and i think that um it's it's paying tribute to the original, but at the same time, it's sort of creating its own uh, feel. You know what I mean? It's it's not just it's not just aping the original one. It's sort of taking it into a new direction, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's so fascinating. Uh, more so than the than the, the the one that just came out. Not that I have a problem with it, I just didn't get around to seeing it. And it's also one that I'm excited to see because I think that um, not entirely sure if this is something that would be, um, you know, my son is 10, might be a little too intense for him. I don't know. We'll have to see. But I'd love to be able to see it like as a family. I think we'd, we'd enjoy it if it was appropriate for him. Something tells me that it would be. My only complaint is can we get somebody other than fuck Finn Wolfhard for some shit? <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with the kid it just he's, he's all over the place and he's in everything that's like this right so he was yeah. in stranger things he was in of it course. and now he's going to yeah. be in in ghostbusters like can we get i mean is he the new yeah. genre actor that that's going to be in everything from now on um, yeah have you had a chance to watch now that it is October and what I like to call a spooky season, um, and everybody else calls spooky season for that matter, um, have you had a chance to watch anything lately like uh, Midnight Mass or or this new um, train wreck of a movie called Malignant? Uh, uh, I haven't, and the only thing I know about Malignant is that you apparently can't stand it. <laughs> I, you made that perfectly clear. Uh, um, you know, it's it's, it's kind of funny because... This movie has caused so much buzz on the internet, um, and and there's only two camps. Loved it mm-hmm. or hated it. And I honestly think it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. And I love schlock horror films. I, sure. I, I adore them. But this, this, I don't know what line this crosses. And this is James Wan, right? This is Conjuring. This is Saw. This is James Wan, we're talking about here and everybody says oh it's an homage to giallo horror films you know from italy i'm like the fuck they are it, <laughs> it this is I, this is just batshit craziness that i and I, like zoe bell is in it she's yeah. like the stunt person and i adore zoe bell and i i just 
there's so much wrong with this movie from the very beginning. Um, and, you know, I was looking forward to it. I'm like, oh, James Wan, horror film, just in time for Halloween. Can't wait to watch it. And I'm in five minutes into this thing. And the first of all, the science gone wrong trope goes right off the rails from the beginning. And mm -hmm. then and then the rest of the film is just, it's insanity. And, you know, I know horror movies are supposed to be insane, right? But that, you know, all of a sudden our, our uh, antagonist uh, knows Kung Fu. I, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Um, <laughs> you know, there's there's some scenes where you're just like, you got to be kidding me. Um, and the the acting that you know you don't you don't expect Academy Award winning performances in horror no. films, but no, Jesus don't. Christ! Uh, even 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 uh, Heather Langenkamp in the original Freddy was decent. Yeah, uh, yeah which right. I just watched that all the way through last night for the very first time in my entire life. Believe it or not. Um, so you know, there's that. But Midnight Mass is probably more your speed. Okay. Uh, it's a limited series. I think it's seven episodes, um, and it's it's got some Stephen King overtones. It's got um, you know it's done by Mike Flanagan, the same guy who did uh, the uh, the Haunting of Hill House, the the, okay. re the recent series, right? So I, I I didn't hate it as much as I hated Malignant. Um, it, it has its moments. It has some really really good moments, and then it has some other moments where you're like, really. Are you kidding? Um, so, um, so those are like the two horror-related things. I don't know if you heard, but Salem's Lot is going to get a reboot and a remake. Uh, well, I don't know. Again? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I never saw the uh, the Rob Lowe version, and the David Soul version still plays. Yeah. Well, was the the, the the David Soul one was a TV miniseries? Yes, two right? parts. Yep, yep. And then the same thing with the Rob Lowe one, right or not? Yeah, was if I remember space? right. Yeah, and and so was so was 1990s It, you know, with the uh, the parade of uh, sitcom stars at the time. Yes. Uh, yeah, Harry yes. Anderson, Tim Reed, um, you know, John Ritter, uh, Richard yep. Thomas. Uh, I just watched that again recently too, and um, there there's so many good moments in it, and then there's so many moments where you're like, oh god. Um, it's but, funny. I was talking to if, if getting on to well to. Do we want to start our Stephen King discussion? Or we we might wait? as well, right? I mean, we're only like 15, 20 minutes into the show. Why not? I, w I was um, talking to one of the, you know, the, the one of the people who's, who's who lives here. I was just tonight. He was talking about the fact that he is currently reading. I don't know if he's ever read any of them, but he's currently reading all the Stephen King books in chronological order. And he's up to different seasons right now. Ooh. So um, that's actually pretty early on. And that's probably only about maybe seven or eight books at this point. I Something don't know. like that. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think of um, in terms of I know that you you I think it was like last year, maybe when you were reading a lot of them i'm still trying um, to i just finished uh, i was gonna say i was gonna ask you where you are yeah right i just now, finished billy basically. summers which is the brand new one right, right. and, and uh, is that more of a is that more of a straight up mystery or it's a it's more a thriller the thriller yeah, yeah there's no supernatural there's no none mm -hmm. of that it's uh okay it's about a hitman uh you know right. that last job trope right but uh yeah yep. But uh, it, it takes a lot of twists and turns. I, I read The Colorado Kid just before that, which is the first of the hard case crime books. 
Right. And that one has no supernatural elements either, but they based right. a whole series called Haven on it, which is very loosely based on that book. I, You know, it's funny. I've been jumping around, right? I have yep. not gone. I, I thought about going all the way back to the beginning and starting with Carrie and, and moving all, all the way up. But I've read so many over the years, 16 or 17 of his 80 or whatever it is, that I, ju I just felt like, you know, I couldn't do that. So kind of the recent last four years, it kind of started with Salem's Lot. Right. And, uh, you know, it, I've read several and it, it's... I love the Castle Rock stories. I read Needful Things again recently and enjoyed every word of it. I like it so mm -hmm. much better than the movie. Um, I read It finally. Uh, yeah. Freaking truly disturbing books, some truly disturbing characters in that. Um, so, so yeah, Billy Summers, uh, really interesting book. I have The Institute, which is fairly recent, which I haven't read yet. Um, so, yeah. Um, it, it, the, the thing about the guy, and we've talked about it a hundred times, is that he's more than just a horror writer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I just, I wish people would, would understand that and give the guy, oh, I don't like horror. He's just a horror writer. Read some of his other stuff. Well, and the thing, I think that the good, a good place to do that and I was just talking to my friend tonight about it is, is 112263 which I think is not only not a horror movie in any sense I think it's it's I think it's like top five for him easily um, just well, you were really just talking about solid book. yeah 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 and you were just talking about different seasons which yeah. you know that's where uh, the body which turned into yep. Stand By Me came from right so yep. mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. Shawshank Redemption is in is there yep. right so it's more you know taught human drama than it is supernatural stuff but you also got to kind of give some of his other stuff i think his his short stories and his novellas might even be better than his novels uh i'm inclined to agree with that and it's interesting to say that about someone who is known for writing super long novels like it and uh um you know under the dome or whatever but yeah i would i would say that i think that he the short story collections are great. I love the I love the fact that he has these sort of like every so often he will come out with one of these novella collections, which is usually like four novellas in one yep. book. And that was the case with different seasons. That was the case with um, Just After Sunset, uh, Full Dark, No Stars. I think those are all fantastic. If It Bleeds um, is the most recent. and If It Bleeds is also a novella collection. Okay, I, I yep. forgot about that one. Yep, and there's, um, there's three of the four that are spectacular. There's a fourth one that I just didn't get because it's written like in reverse order. It's very experimental. But the other three stories in that book are spectacular. And it's, it's almost as if the guy has gone through a renaissance. His right. writing is tight again. And maybe yeah. it's because he's sober. I don't know. Uh, which I'm yeah. not on my way to being right now. Um, <laughs> well, also, um, four, four Past Midnight is another one. Four Past which I read recently, and I tell you what, I don't think I'll ever read The Library Policeman again. Oh, okay. my God, what a fucking disturbing story that was. Okay. Um, the Sun Dog is in it, and you know a couple other uh, really good stories in there. Four pages. Langoliers. Yeah, Langoliers. You know, it's so funny is if you watch the made-for-TV miniseries, it's absolutely terrible. The CGI is bad. Um, it's horrible. It's absolutely terrible. The short story or the novella isn't bad. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, that doesn't necessarily, the two things don't have to be, it's possible to have a really good story or really good book be made into an awful movie. Um, and I think that the idea, the storyline, I never, I didn't read the story, but I've seen the miniseries and um, it's a great idea for a story. It's just horribly executed as a film. 100%. And, um, but uh, although I, I must confess, I enjoy watching that movie because it's so bad. It's, it's, it's almost, <laughs> there's like a, seriously, there's like a mystery science theater vibe to watching 100%. that movie. It's, it's just, it's so bad. And Stephen King not only approved it, he has a cameo in it. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's just this, and it's, Oh God, it's just so bad. It I, really is bad. 100%. I, I couldn't agree more. Right. So, and, and then if you go back and you read secret garden, secret window, which becomes secret window with Johnny Depp and John Turturro, yes. right. Read the story and then go watch the movie again. The movie's not bad. My right. my only complaint about the movie really is you don't get into the backstory about John Shooter and the fact that Johnny Depp's character actually does freaking uh, Bogart the guy's story. Right. So I mean, John Shooter is a construct, but he actually does plagiarize a story in college, and and that's why he feels this guilt. Never mind, you know, he freaking roasts his his estranged yeah. wife and her, her new lover um, in a in a terrible house fire but um which he denies of course um you know but but if you go if you read the novella and go watch the movie again it it makes so much more sense if you watch the movie by itself you're like eh you know uh split personality uh Mm -hmm. schizophrenic whatever um whoop-de-doo but go read the see here's what i here's what ends up happening for me and, and this happened with it chapter two for me so if i read the book first and then i go watch the movie my mind fills in the blanks mm-hmm. yeah so i know the story better than what's being presented on the screen so i know the reasoning behind what's on in front of me so as bad as it chapter two was i knew the story so it made sense to me. Right. Um, you know, I still think Henry Bowers might be one of the worst characters Stephen King has ever created, the bully in It, uh, even yeah. more than Pennywise. Um, but um, you go back and watch something like Needful Things after you read the novel, they change so much in the movie, it, it's really disappointing, right? So I've yet to to read things like Misery or Delor- Dolores Claiborne, which I've seen the movies and yeah. and realized they're really good movies and what a great actress uh, Kathy Bates is. Sure, uh, you know so. Uh, Misery is such a great book too. It's so good, and and it's on on the, on the list, right? They're going to remake Firestarter, which I don't know how in the hell they're going to manage that without you know um, regressing uh, Drew Barrymore, uh, <laughs> even though she's childlike in her talk show. Um, yes. So, the thing about Stephen King, and we've talked about this many, many times, and the guy's, you know, for 73 years old, and he's still churning out uh, fantastic work, um, is is this interconnected multiverse he's created. Because even in Billy Summers, there's Shining references. Right. So, you know, the part of the book takes place in Colorado. You, the Overlook Hotel is, is you know, a part of it. It's a hint. 
right? It's a whisper, yeah. right? Sure. But this interconnected multiverse he's, he's created is, is absolutely spectacular. I've blogged about it. I know your friend that that's a big Stephen King fan. Uh, you know, he knows about it. He knows this as a thing. Um, yep. Salem's Lot connects to the Dark Tower series. Um, you know, even there's Pennywise references. Uh, you know, so... For everybody out there who who doesn't like Stephen King or or thinks he wants to pigeonhole him, um, it seems like every time we do this podcast, we end up talking about Stephen King. And you are listening to the Get the Knack podcast with your host, Jerry Knack, and my special guest, Chris Ingalls of Pop Matters. Um, You know, speaking of that, it seems like lately with Midnight Mass and uh, a new movie, and I couldn't even tell you what the hell it's called off the top of my head, but I'll do my best Samuel L. Jackson impression. Um, I am sick and tired of these motherfucking vampires on this motherfucking plane. Okay. <laughs> Terrible impression, but... Um, oh, I, th- I actually thought Samuel Jackson was on the call. I'm oh, sorry. yeah, well, yeah. Well, you know, with the new equipment, I can get all kinds of people to call in. I could pipe in Zoom if I wanted to um, oh. on my Zoom Zoom box. Um, no, there's a there's a new vampire movie. Uh, it takes place on an airplane. Um, it's stupid, predictable, and yeah, I don't even remember. I think it was called like Red Skies or something like that. Anyway, okay. Um, it it just seems like. Um, you know, zombies were the flavor of the week, and now now vampires are, are making a little bit of a comeback here. Um, there's another new movie coming out called something like um, Voyage of the uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter or something like that, which is what it is. And what I think is going to be interesting about it, it is the voyage of Dracula from Transylvania to London or to England. And it's okay. all about what happens on the ship. Okay. Um. Long story short, everybody dies. Um, oh, man, I was going to see it. <laughs> I was going to see it. Well, if you know anything about the Dracula story, he comes across, yeah. um, you know, on, on the Demeter, and, and um, when it pulls into I don't, the... I- you know, I don't have that deep Dracula knowledge that you have, unfortunately. But yeah, um, well, all you need to know is the the captain is lashed to the wheel at the end of the the journey when Dracula lands in 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 Whitby in England. So roll credits, it, right? Roll credits. It's all about what happens on the voyage over, and I, I'm intrigued by the the possibilities. Let's put it that way. It's okay. uh, you know part of the story that's never been told. Um, they tried to tell it a little bit in the BBC miniseries with Clay's Bang as uh, as Dracula. Um, but, um, you know, they told it more like the demeanor was uh, almost like a, a passenger ship as opposed to a cargo ship. So okay. eh, it could be interesting. We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but it, it does seem like vampires are, are coming back around. Um, what I and, and others um, want something different. Right. Everybody keeps talking to me. They want something different. My whole thing is the original Gothic. uh you know, we need to get back to that. The, okay. You write the, the tropes of the genre in the first place. I got a review for one of my books on Goodreads. I know we're not supposed to talk about reviews, but I got a review that said, all this guy did was take a bunch of stuff from different vampire stories and put it in his story. I'm like, isn't that the fucking point? Yeah, isn't that what people do? I mean, right? I mean, isn't there rules, especially when you're doing doing that kind of thing? Aren't there rules and, um, you know, established genre um, elements that you're supposed to include in your story? Uh, you know. Yeah. 
but that's that's just you know that's me anyway so i just found out today and i'm really disturbed by this that night court is getting a reboot okay um they're all fucking dead that seems two of them died this year did you know that no it's actually they're not all dead isn't isn't bull still alive maybe Richard Mall, Rich, Richard Mall, right? But yeah. Harry Anderson's dead. Marky Post just died. Um, everybody else who was on that show, like like all the older female bailiffs, right? Remember yeah. them? Like yeah. eh, Roz, Roz. Yeah, they all passed away. So what are we doing? Yeah. What are we doing? John Larroquette's still. John Larroquette's got to eat. That's basically what this boils down to. John Larroquette needs a paycheck. Well, he's not going to be in it, is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah, really? he's the oh, whole reason behind it. From what I saw, Are you kidding yeah. me? Who is this for, Chris? Is this for us? I think that it is. There is a. I mean, it's possible that they're thinking that this is a good opportunity to win fans of the original. But I think, in a lot of cases, and this might be one, is that they're not going to want to see it simply because it's not the original and they want it. They would say that it's sacrilege. Although I mean, I mean, it's night court. I mean, it's not, um, I mean, night court was a good show, but uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't seem who asked for this. Thank you. And and here's the thing. I love John LaRoquette. Right. And yeah, so in in the context of of the 1980s or, or 90s when this show was was really late 80s early 90s when this it was at its apex, Larroquette was lecherous at best. Mm-hmm. In today's day and age, mm-hmm. can you have that character? Um, not without consequences. I mean. <laughs> I was right. just waiting for you to flat out deadpan and say no. No, well, no, you're correct. <laughs> I mean, you right? I mean, there was there were how many episodes did was he chasing after a skirt in that show? Right? I mean, that was yeah. his whole shtick. Or and 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 Larroquette now, right, just comes across as creepy old man. Well, I think that what they could do with this is that just basically they end every episode with him reporting to human resources. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like it's kind of like, it's kind of like if you, it's like at the end of every um, South Park when they kill Cartman, right? You know, or the no, Kenny, they kill Kenny. They, I mean, Kenny, yeah. Kenny, um, yeah. and um, you know, oh my God, they put Dan. What was his name? Dan Fielding. Dan, Dan Fielding. Dan, yeah. Dan, every episode ends with Dan report to HR. <laughs> And then, you know, <laughs> right? Roll credits. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. Exactly. Bad robot, right? Bad, bad robot. That's, um, that's lost, right? Yeah, one of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bad robot. Yeah, I just, I don't know who this is for, right? It's just like when, it's when they came out with the, like, the MacGyver reboot or made the Lethal Weapon show. I'm like, who is this for? I'm, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am not. 100% against remakes and reboots. I think that they have their place, and I think that sometimes they're done very well, and sometimes they surpass the original. Battlestar Galactica, perfect example. But I do think that it is, there's a saturation point. Except know? for the fact um, in Battlestar Galactica, they, they said fracking every three seconds. Yeah, that, sure. I mean, 
that, that, was anno- that was annoying, but it wasn't a deal breaker. Well, the thing about that was you 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 were able to do much better special effects by that point, right? So, well, but but also the writing was better. It wasn't just the technology; it was also the the original Battlestar Galactica was kind of cheesy. Um, and I think that, but also I think that TV shows, I think episodic dramas have gotten better just as a whole. I think that there's more attention paid to the writing and all that. So I think Battlestar Galactica's remake came along at the right time. But at the same time, it's just better writing, you know, I, I would think. I can't, in my opinion. I can't disagree with you on that one. Right. Right. And, and, you know, there were a lot of elements. Uh, I, you know, Edward James almost is, is like, you know, paneling. In, in everything yeah. he's ever been in. So, um, yeah. you know, it, it, you go back to the original Battlestar Galactic. What kind of writing are you doing for Dirk Benedict? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, you know. Exactly. Go back, or, to, um, go back or, to Face Man from, from A-Team. Um, was, um, was, was Battlestar, was that Lauren Green or was he Space Man? That was Lauren Green. That was Lauren okay. Green. That was Because Space 1999 was... was that was Martin Similar. Landau. Yeah. And that was Martin the, Landau. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 And now they're oh, going to bring back the original cast for, for law and order for crying out loud. They're you all know, I, fucking dead. Well, okay. A couple things. Um, that's true. A lot of them are dead. Um, <laughs> second of all, my concern isn't just they're dead or they're almost dead. Anderson is like 80. Is he going to play a lawyer? Right or a DA or maybe he's a judge now or something. I don't know. But it, it, seriously, I, I, mean, I mean, what are you going to do? Bring back George Zunda because you know, and and unfortunately, the best the best actor was Jerry George, Orbach. Jerry Orbach, hundred yeah. percent. Right, and the he poor guy, such I, a good character. Oh my god, he's a he's the best Law and Order character of all of them, and I love a flawed detective. And Jerry Orbach's character was the ultimate network television flawed detective and yeah. Uh, I, yeah i don't know and and they just brought stabler back to law and order svu i mean because well, no but he's he's in it there's a new law and order it's law and order organized crime i think he's in that and now they're bringing back the original cast of csi because oh there's corruption so they invalidated all the work they ever did so now here we come with everybody who ever was on freaking csi the original las vegas version i i've had enough of all this but here's the thing one of the things i wanted to talk to you about here on the Get the Knack podcast, hosted by me, Jerry Knack, and special guest you, Chris Ingalls, yes, was very good. Words matter, right? And mm-hmm. you and I kind of have uh, have been at odds of this uh, with this uh, with one particular term, and we'll talk about that one in a second. But I tend to watch CBS Mornings, which is the new name of CBS this morning. And they have a, a, a guy on there named Vlad Duthier. I don't know if you've ever watched okay. CBS Mornings with Gail King and, and Tony DeColpo. I haven't really watched it recently. I watch a couple of clips sometimes if it's someone who I'm interested in seeing a, a okay. profile of. But yeah, go on. You being Mr. Music, you know who Olivia Rodrigo is. And um, I know who she is, yeah. Right, right. Big. And a big hit, whatever. And so Vlad... Goes on the show recently and rather blithely mentions her pop punk hits. I lost my fucking mind. Okay. 
I was because a punk, of that term. I, I was a punk at one time. <laughs> I love punk rock music. Uh, even even newer newer entities like Green Day or even. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I can't remember the damn name of the group. Um, you know, pretty fly for a white guy. Why can't I think of the damn name of the group? Oh, the Offspring. And the Offspring would be okay. considered newer, newer punk, right? To, sure. to call one of these pop tarts pop punk really mm-hmm. annoyed the shit out of me. Okay. And now again, it was mentioned rather blithely in conversation, and but it, it just jumped out at me, and maybe because you know. I grew up on on anarchy in the UK and and mm. you know stuff like that. It just yeah. I don't know. Words matter to me for for whatever reason. Yeah, I also think that it's um I've I've watched CBS's uh you're talking about CBS Sunday morning, right? Well, no, no. This now. is the the weekday show. This is the morning news. This uh, is their answer to oh, Good Morning oh, America, oh, oh, right? Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. understand now. Um yeah, I mean, if you really want to, I mean, and if I could just play devil's advocate here, I think that what they're trying to say is that she is a pop star, but some of her stuff has some vague elements of punk. I mean, it's not a hill I'm going to die on. I mean, <laughs> I, I get it. I, I get your frustration, um, but I also don't, you have to take it with a grain of salt because I don't really think that this these these network morning shows are necessarily the you know uh, gold standard for like cutting edge music journalism so or any they, journalism whatsoever because they're all freaking co-hosted by ex-football players for fuck's sake yes exactly right, right? i mean you pretty, got you got you got my really hit a nerve here <laughs> Well, no, they, uh, Nate Nate Burleson, who played in the NFL for for a couple of different teams, is now on CBS uh, this morning or whatever the hell they're calling it this week. Um, right, and Michael Strahan obviously is on on Good Morning America, and Robin Roberts uh, also on Good Morning America. She was a you know ESPN Sports Center anchor, and you know sure. uh, you know she was also uh, a college basketball player, you know. And so I don't I don't know the transition from sports to journalism. I've kind of made it myself in some ways, but yeah, really, <laughs> this is all hitting close to home. <laughs> Physician, heal thyself. Fuck you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, go on. (laughs) But 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 I just you know when it comes to this kind of thing, when I hear these these terms used, it it just you know. And the one you and I will probably never agree with. And if you go back and listen to the damn song, maybe you'll agree with me. Mm -hmm. Is Stan. Oh, I'm a stand for this. I'm a stand for that. Stan locked his family in the trunk of a car and drove off a fucking bridge. Are you that big of a fan of somebody that you're going to freaking do that? Yeah, I, I, I understand. I understand your feelings about that. I don't, it's, again, I'm not, I'm not quite so, I'm not, I'm not quite so, um, I don't know. Um, I, I understand. Not so animated about it? Mm. Yeah. But it's um, I'm not. No, I'm not. But but I, I get it. I get the I get the frustration. Um, it's it's um. I think what happens is is that sometimes a word or some sort of a term kind of gets conjured out of thin air, and then people just beat it to death. And I think that's a perfect example of that. No, I think you're right. And and you know, not to be so animated, but to 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 dial it back down to to normal conversational level. Um, 
it's i think it started with the word awesome right we the, the okay. word the word awesome became such a a part of our parlance our vernacular that you know I've been seeing like movies like Malignant and TV shows like um, Midnight Mass, the word masterpiece being thrown around, right? I think yeah. I think hyperbole has become part of our our everyday parlance that these words have lost their meaning. I think the perfect example of that is um, genius. Really, because my was going to be iconic. Yeah, that's that's another one. I think the thing about genius is that it's like it's devaluing the word when it's like you know whoever came up with the idea for this reality show is a genius. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> right, and and again, you know, every time you see something now from somebody uh, on the red carpet or or you know comes out you know, with a new album or oh, it's iconic or that person is iconic. The fuck, they're not. Okay. Yeah. Let, let's just. Stop. Well, it's, 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 the whole idea of iconic is, is that something that sort of stood the test of time and it's representative of something, something brand new can't be iconic. Um, it's like saying future classic, you know? Um, right, right, right. right. And, it's, and it's, it's, yeah. I, I like the word neo a lot of times or, or the, the, the prefix neo with a lot of things. I, I consider sure. myself a, or even nouveau, right? I consider myself a, a nouveau beatnik, an extended sure. member of the, the beat generation. Um, okay. But, you know, at the same time, I just think hyperbole, if it's used enough, um, it devalues the, the power of the word. Yeah. I, we can agree on that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, especially since you and I are slingers of words, right? So um, I, I'm very careful when I write um, anything. Um, mm. You know, the words that I choose. Uh, even in even in social media posts, very careful with the words I choose. Yeah, well, you're a dying breed. Dinosaur, some would say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying? It's just like you don't see that that much anymore. No, you you're 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 100. And you know you read stuff on you know professional websites professional i don't know i want to i don't want to call them pillars of let's just call them the fourth estate right anything in the fourth estate i mm. I, I really can't believe from spelling grammar and poor word choice that people get paid to do this stuff it it, yeah. it, it really blows my mind yeah yeah no agreed agreed and um, i know i know when you write about music right because you know more than the average person because you're a musician yourself mm -hmm. and you this is you know your interest you've been interested in this ever since i've known you and obviously sure. before right yep. you're going to choose your words very carefully even when you write about established geniuses hate to use mm -hmm. that word but like Not the yo-yo ma's of the world when you write about them sure. you're going to be very careful about the words you choose yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that and, and part of that is because it's, you know, once you write it, it's out there. And, you know, I can't go in and edit it. You know, I, what I said is out there. And um, if it's not, you know, I worry a lot about stuff that I write coming back to haunt me if I don't really if I'm not 
hundred percent invested in it and say exactly what I mean and, and make sure that what I say can be backed up. I mean, like I said, it's out there, you know, it's, 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 it's on the internet and people love going into the internet and proving people wrong. Yeah. You said this, you know? So, um, I, 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 you're right. I choose words very carefully and, um, you know, everything that I write, I think is carefully considered. And I think that's the way it ought to be. I agree 100%. And I wish more people were like us when it comes to this, right? Because yeah. I think, I think words are, are very, very important and the words that you choose to sure. speak and the words that you choose to write, um, you know, I, I even try to avoid redundancies, right? Repeating mm-hmm. the same words. Um, you know, it, speaking of, I, I, have a, I have a new blog series that I just started tonight. I'm, you, you know, in past years, I've counted down my favorite uh, horror films, right? So yeah, this so. year, I'm going to count down my favorite vampire films. Ooh, okay. Yes. Yeah, so I started that tonight, and we started with um, Blackula and Scream, Blackula, Scream. Starring William Marshall. And what's funny about him is, and and you probably remember this film as well, he was in the video pirates segment of Amazon Women on the Moon. Okay. Oh, all right. If you remember Amazon Women on the Moon. I remember hearing about it. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. You have some homework, my friend. Um, Anyway, uh, William Marshall is also the guy who played Daystrom on Star Trek, the original series. And Daystrom is a continuing mythological character in the Star Trek universe. But anyway, um, you know, you could you could say that horror films are exploitation films. Uh Um, And of course, black exploitation films. We're, we're a subgenre of that, and mm-hmm. I, I I don't know what it is, and I can't. And you know, I was talking to my wife about this earlier. She does not understand my fascination with Blackula and Scream, Blackula Scream, and I can't even really explain it either. But I kicked the count the countdown count. Uh, uh, uh. Um, <laughs> Get that <laughs> count von count. Anyway. Uh, yeah, there's there's some some folklore there. Anyway, um, so. I kicked the countdown off with Blackula and, you know, being Halloween and, and October and everything else. Uh, I just found it, found those films really fascinating, really interesting. Um, it made in 72 and 73 uh, right. as part of that whole exploitation, black exploitation. uh, Thing that, thing that was going on in Hollywood. Scream, Black Yellow Scream also featured a, a very young Pam Greer at the time. Yes, right, right, of course. So, um, but um, it, it's, I try to watch as many horror films this month as possible. I watched the original The Fog last night with Jamie Lee Curtis, Ooh, right? Okay. And and Hal Holbrook. And you know what's funny about that is is Jamie Lee Curtis was a hoe in that movie. And I love Jamie Curlica. I, I'm serious. I, go back and watch the damn film. I mean, okay. I, right? She jumps into bed with Tom Atkins like in her first ten minutes, and you're like, "Really? Are you kidding?" Um, and Tom Atkins obviously is is a horror movie icon, and and he was in uh-huh. you know, Night of the Creeps and a bunch of other things. But um, but yeah, it, coming out. Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute. What do you think about? franchises that go off the rails but still try to hang on because because halloween kills comes out right 
and it's Jamie Lee Curtis and Mike, you know, the Michael Myers mythology and everything else. What do you think of of film franchises that go off the rails but don't know when to freaking end? Um, I think it's sad because um, you know, I, I, I kind of like the idea of a franchise, like in theory, because you look at like James Bond, right? We talked about earlier, a perfect example. I think that what's interesting about the James Bond films is that um, they're not like reinventing the wheel. I mean, they all have this formula that they stick to and it's, and it's kind of predictable and there's something kind of comforting about it. If you're a fan. Um, So, you know, I, it's hard for me to say, well, I think that they should just give it up after a while because, you know, the James Bond series has been going on since what the the early sixties, we're talking like 60 years. Yep. So, I think it, it's case by case. I think that if you can maintain a level of quality, and I think that, in my opinion, for the most part, is the case with James Bond. I think that's great, but I think that there are too many series that they keep move, they keep doing them just because they can, just because they feel like they have an obligation to. And that's when I think it's just a bad idea. And I think more often than not, it is a bad idea. And I think that there's plenty of franchises that have gone on too long. And there's no reason to do that because, if anything, it's ruining the the name, the brand or whatever, whatever you want to call it. I think that it's, it's you know, it, I think like, like Rocky, there's a bad example right there. I mean, it's like just, you know, Stallone's what, 70? I mean, Jesus, come on. Because <laughs> he can't do like, anything else. Well, that's not my problem. <laughs> No, it's not. You know? and it's, no. Well, you know, and, 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 you know, listen, this was now, this is like 25 years ago, but he was great in Copland and he was playing against type. So we know he can do it. But, but yeah, I just think, I think that you should know when to stop. I mean, a lot of times they keep it going because it's a guaranteed, guaranteed, you know, cash cow or whatever, but right. You know, it's just, that, that shouldn't be a reason why to do it, why you I, do it. And I think, I think yeah, you're right. I just think that I think that it's just like there have been some rare exceptions where they keep putting them out and, and they're still enjoyable. But more often than not, it's just it's a waste of time. You know, it's insulting. I, I would agree with you on on all of that. I mean, if you go back and you look at the 1978 Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis and, it, you know, it is one of the greatest horror films ever made. And yeah. it is the progenitor of the slasher genre. And it seems like after after the second one, when they did Season of the Witch, speaking of Tom Atkins, that they didn't know what to do with themselves. It had nothing to do with Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in 4, 5, and 6, it went off the rails. And they've been trying to bring it back to the charm hate to use that word for a a slasher film but they've been trying to bring it back to the atmosphere and the things that made the 78 film great for so many years it has become a caricature of what it once was right and i wrote a i wrote a piece about the alien franchise Right. Because, you know, we've had Prometheus and we've had Covenant and a bunch of stuff. Alien versus Predator, which is more based on the, the comic books and graphic novels than it ever was any anything in the canon. Right. So I think mm-hmm. you make a great point about James Bond because 
that is the longest running movie franchise in in Hollywood history. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I think the one the one group that actually managed to do this well was Marvel with with the the Avengers with the twenty three films or whatever it was that yeah. made up starting with Iron Man and ending with Endgame. Um, they were the ones that that managed to do this well and do it right. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And and the th- not every film is perfect, right? I right. I have a real problem with the the Captain America films, but the bottom line is they had a vision, they had this interconnected story arc, and they made it work. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and it took yeah. them twenty three fucking movies to do it, but they got there. Right, and I don't know the comic books very well, so I don't know where Thanos ranks in supervillains and and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I certainly don't. Right, but but you know, and I didn't know who the hell the Guardians of the Galaxy were until I started watching Spider Man on Disney XD with my kid. Right. Right. So anyway. You're listening to the Get the Knack podcast with Jerry Knack and Chris Ingalls. And Chris, you know, it's been over a year, as we talked about, since we uh, got together for the ye old podcast, as it were. Um, I don't know if you, I'm, I'm sure you saw and uh, commented on, as, as our friend Terry Welch did, um, you and I have been friends for almost 30 years now. Yes, that is correct. 20, 28, 29, 29, 29, 92, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, the photo that I posted was me hosting uh, Sports Talk in uh, Keflavik. Your source for sports. Yeah, your source for sports. <laughs> the hell was that Air Force guy's name who did the freaking intro for me? What was his name? The guy who had the rug oh, on his Oh, Bob, Bob Blair. Bob Blair, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's on my Nobody knows where he is. Well, you're in New York. He was from New York, wasn't he? You should look him up while you're there with all the yeah. time you have. Um, yeah. So let's, let's uh, you know, spend the last few minutes of the show talking about uh, what's been happening in the last year or two uh, on the, the personal front. As we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we have been going through our own unemployment journeys. And uh, we're yes. both gainfully employed. You've had two jobs, a fucker. I have had two jobs. Yeah. Well, it's not something I'm... I'm- it's not something to be to be envied. Well, you know, still. <laughs> the first one, the first one was a bit of a was a bit of a dud, but uh, then I got another one. So, um, yeah. Right, and so, I am uh, working okay. in public relations for the first time in more than twenty years. So, um, which has been great. Uh, I get to work with uh, you know the founder of the company who I've known for almost twenty years, and, and she's fantastic. So, uh, I'm eternally grateful. Um, but also, I've been uh, doing some ghostwriting as well. If you count the books that I have ghostwritten and my fiction work, whether it's published or not, I have now written seven books, my friend. That's fantastic. That's seven more than I've written. So. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, well, thank you. I just had the revised edition of The Dark Truth came out. Um, through my yes, new, yeah, my new publisher, Beverly Hills Publishing. Uh, I bet you never guess where they're where they're based. Um, um, Cleveland. <laughs> well, you know, Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland's tourism motto is at least we're not Detroit. So yes, right, exactly. Yeah. So um, you know, doing and and I'm also ghostwriting for Beverly Hills Publishing, which is uh, good stuff and. 
So last this past June, we decided to say fuck it, and we left California and moved to Washington. And we're in a town called Ocean Shores, which has one radio station, which I'm probably going to try to volunteer. Um, boy, do they sound a lot like what we used to do in Keflavik. Look at the slot shop here in the air. It's still funny. Let's talk about the, uh, the inflatable doll while we're at it. <laughs> fuck oh my god anywho Anywho, yes um you know a few years back and you did not make this trip but a few years back uh i got to see uh jim mason foley and dave sawyer and of course uh the the great pat malone uh Mm -hmm. and uh got to see the guys and uh we were in washington dc and um you know the funny thing about jim was you know, Jim asked me to be the host of this sports talk show, and every time I had been the guest, um, I screwed up. I was a freaking total moron, and he asked me to be the host of the show. And the thing about Jim was Jim, Jim taught me that I could have a career in sports, and mm. I ended up with 20 years in, in the National Football League. So, um, you know, love Jim. Um, and the thing about this this new device that I have to record this podcast, um, I have a new UV meter I can break. Oh, excellent. <laughs> so I, to, I will tell Friedrich that I have a new UV meter I can break because I broke the, the actual physical one in the radio studio, Studio A. And then I, I managed to break the one on my MacBook more than once. Uh-huh. With you, as a matter of fact. Yes. So. You're welcome. <laughs> oh my God. You know, you know that what's what's funny, and I and I have a I have a few folks in my life like this, and I'm not I'm gonna try not to wax philosophical here, but I got a couple of people in my life that you know, you always say the measure of a good friendship. Number one is you don't talk about it. Number two, you could go months, years, decades without talking to a person. And when you reconnect, it's like no time ever passed. And I got to say, that's exactly what happened with you when we started talking again a few years ago. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, my friendship with you is, is one of the things I'm, I'm very grateful for. Uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, we didn't always, you know, you're not a sports guy. I was a sports guy. No. We, didn't, we didn't always yeah. have the same interests. But I still will go to my grave um, with the fact that we invented binge watching. Yeah, pretty much. Well, we were part of a group that did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mystery Science Theater, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mr. And, and Beavis and Butthead, right? I don't know who it was. That's right. That's right. Who was it who used to send you tapes? We used to get VHS tapes. And then all of us with our then wives would get together and, you know, we're on all on marriage, you know, uh, wives two and three for, you know, for some people. Um, that's true. All of us. When you think about yeah. it, me, you, Jamie, Terry. Terry Welch, yeah. Um, um, well, that's it. I think everybody else is either <laughs> still on their yeah. future Bob, is Bob, Ever, Bob Ever, Everdeen is still on wife number one. All right. Okay. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good for Bob. Right. But the, um, the, um, uh, the tapes, the mystery science theater tapes were sent to me by my brother. Okay. Um, he comedy central at the time had a marathon where they aired a whole bunch of them in a, like a 24 hour period or a, a whole weekend. And he taped the whole thing and mailed me the tapes. So, because, because Hulu hadn't been invented yet. So he had to do that. 
But, but, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah that, our, was, that our, was him. Our Beavis and Butthead watch parties were epic. Yes. Um, and I remember... We didn't have tapes of those, I don't think. Or did someone else have them? Because I don't remember. Somebody sent us VHS tapes of Beavis and Butthead. And we used to get together <clears throat> and, and, and we would watch like, I don't know, six, seven, eight episodes. Like four hours worth. Yeah. And, and get- well, it was so funny. You know, it was just such a funny show. And I just, I don't know, for some reason it really like, there was something about it that just made us laugh so hard. Um, and it was the same thing with... Oh, my God. I remember the first time. I think I might have told you this story already, but I don't know if you were there or not, but we were watching. We had started doing the Mystery Science Theater thing, um, and Jamie joined us because he had just gotten there, and he joined us on, like, the third or fourth one, and he had never seen it before, and he didn't know what to expect. And I think we were five minutes into it. And he he had to like run to the kitchen and like spit out his drink because he was laughing so. I hard. think I was there that night. I think yeah. Uh, he didn't know what to expect. No, it was. I think that one. I think it was at my apartment. I think most of them were at my apartment. I think you're right the, about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was usually. Um, I it think was, Wade was usually there. Yeah. Uh, God rest Gerard. his soul. Right. I mean. Yeah. 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 Uh, Bill Porter. Connor. I think maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think but it was. Think, it was a. I think Bill Bill was there a few times. Uh, Bill didn't. Yeah. Bill and I didn't get along very well. We uh, the Dinfos thing. Anyway, um, but no, I I, I I remember that specifically about Jamie. Um, so it was Jamie with with his wife. It was me with mine. You and and yours and. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it it was a and thing. Jamie and Debbie. Yeah, yeah, it was a thing. Me and Corey, and and yeah, it was a thing. But it was like a Friday or Saturday. I think young, we'd all get. We sh- were all doing. We all did that very young, and it was like, I don't know. We didn't know any better. I don't know what to say. <laughs> but right? but, do, but do you do you recall at the time though that we were such a tight knit group that anytime we would hang out with people outside of our group, it was like they just annoyed the shit out of us. I think one of the things that I noticed there and I noticed in other places where I was stationed is the fact that the Navy, not to get all elitist or anything, but the Navy journalism community was different in that our work had a different sort of, there was a different aspect to it. You know what I mean? It was like, it wasn't a technical military type job. We were writers, you know? So I think that there was this sort of feeling that we were kind of a different you know, we were just, we were different. We were a band um, apart. Yeah. So, yes, I, absolutely. And that's why you didn't get that in Dinfos, because at Dinfos, everybody was a journalist student or whatever. So I think Dinfos had a different feel to it. And I kind of, one, that's one of the things I liked about Dinfos is that we were all just a bunch of writers and broadcasters and stuff like that. And then you get out into the, into the fleet as it is, and it's like you're dealing with all these other Boneheads, whatever. <laughs> nice, nice, nice people, whatever. Yeah, lovely they're, folks. They're, they were lovely folks. They were nice, but no. And, and the funny thing was, when I went to Dinfos, I was a fleet returnee, so I yeah, right. I had been out in the fleet. I'd been to war. I'd been mm-hmm. did all this stuff. But by the time I got to Iceland, by the time we all got to know each other, I, I definitely kind of felt that whole thing where. We we were a band apart. 
Mm-hmm. And, and it was just really, again, not to sound all elitist about it, but yeah. we were just, we, we were more comfortable with each other than we were anybody else. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, and I, and I still go back to the whole thing where, where I, I said motherfuckers on the air, I don't know how many times in Icelandic and had no idea what the hell I was talking about. I'll never forget going into Siggy's office that, day. you know, this whole story is so funny because, you know, you had the, the NATO soccer team trying to get into this Icelandic league and I'm narrating the highlights, and, and this team was called Mythrasnir, and that was playing the NATO team. And I, Siggy calls me in his office. He goes, "Do you know what Mythrasnir means?" I said, "No, I don't." He goes, "It's the motherfuckers." I, I, for four minutes, for a four-minute highlight package, I had been saying motherfuckers in Icelandic. So it was an international incident, essentially. Congratulations. No, that was the other thing. That was the basketball tournament. That was the. <laughs> So no, I, I, look, I'm still good friends with Pat Malone, right? And and, yeah, and Pat is salt of the earth, cancer survivor. Love Pat to death. But okay, yeah. so now that you mention that, this whole thing, so they had the NATO Eastland basketball tournament, right? And I'm like, I got to do a play by play for this thing. So I got an Icelandic yeah. color commentator. His name was Gunnar. I can't remember his last name. And we do the whole thing, and it's a double elimination tournament, which is the dumbest freaking thing I've ever heard of in my life, that you had to win two games to win the championship, which just doesn't happen. So the Icelandic team was so pissed off at the officiating, they decided not to play the second game. And so Pat is telling me all of this, what's going on. I'm like, okay, well, we've got a situation here. We've got some controversy. The Icelandic team's not going to play. Blah, blah, blah. They cut my ass off. I think it was Sue Smith was in the in the studio. God knows uh-huh. what the hell ever happened to Susan Smith. Yeah, I don't know. No, no you, you can find Wes. You can't find Sue. Anyway... <laughs> Seriously, go to Facebook right now. Go look up Wes Smith. You can find the motherfucker, but you can't find his ex-wife. And anyway, so so in the wind. In the wind. So Sue cuts me off, and I go to Warren Officer Jones' office the next day, and I go to sit down. He goes, "Who the fuck told you to sit down?" Like, all right, I'm in trouble now. Apparently, I created some kind of international incident because the damn Icelandic team didn't want to come out and play the second game in a basketball game. Anyway, so the next wow. year, I go to do the tournament again, and I and I figure I better go ask the warrant permission, right? So I go see Tom Jones, and I said, you know, NATO Eastland's coming up. I'd like to do play-by-play again. He goes, did you learn your lesson? I said, mm. yes. He said, <laughs> said yes sir and all he said was have fun don't fuck it up <laughs> that's exactly what it was but you can't tell me that the three years we all or whatever it was the two years two and a half years with with me you frank pratt peter watson uh right. wade you know bob everdeen you can't tell you know melanie barnett you can't tell me we didn't have a good time that was a great place. And it was, it really was, the station was just like state of the art. I mean, in terms of AFRTS locations, it was, you know, one of the best. And so it was, 
great for personal reasons, for friendship and all that. But it was also, you know, to be honest, it was a great place to work. You know, it really was. It, you know, you know, it launched me into the life that I have. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I will never, ever in a million years discount the experience that we had working together and, and not only working together, but partying together, playing together. Yeah. Right. I sure. mean, we all we, we got together on Friday and Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. I mean, we I mean, we went through the ringer. Right. Well, I mean, wasn't the the freaking guy from the, the rock band Joker? He died in a scuba diving accident. That happened. Um, I had already left. Had you had you I left found, by then? I found out that I found out someone told me I was living in Virginia already, and someone told me it might have been Jamie. I don't remember, but yeah, it was after I left. Yeah, and not I, long after I left. I hosted the or you know I was the MC for a talent show that you know they weren't part of, right? And so, I mean, I knew those guys, right? but right. it was just everything we had. We had cachet that the base newspaper didn't have. Right. Right. I mean, when there was any kind of uh, incident, we were the ones that got called. The base newspaper was treated like shit. But we were the ones that, and, and it was all, you know, Chief Warnoffs or Tom Jones, right? So yeah, it was, right, it was right. his his deal. Um, but, you know, from Mark Boyd to Rich Gearhart, who I, I know we all we all talk to Rich all the time. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, Dave Sawyer and, and all mm-hmm. the people that we worked with, you know, again, I talk about Wade Martin and, and so sad uh, that Wade passed away. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Jamie Salafia, uh, you know, you and I obviously are, are fans of, of Hunter S. Thompson and, sure. and, and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, you know, obviously Jamie was at the time. Um you know, the stuff that we did and the envelopes that we pushed, a lot of it had to do with the fact that we were an independent station. We weren't attached to AFN Europe. So we could pretty much do whatever right. the fuck we wanted. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, so, you know, I know I sent you the thing recently and I, we can sit here and wax nostalgic all fucking night. Um but when I sent you, when I sent you, that, I was listening to to Disneyland on Sirius yes. XM, and I was like, "Dada, Dada, yeah." And I listen yeah. to School of Fish all the time, right? Oh, really? I, I go yeah. find these YouTube videos, right? Sure, I listen sure. to them. We, you said it on this show a couple of years ago, and I'll never forget it. We programmed that station like it was a college station. Yeah, sure. Absolutely, um, and we were able to we were able to get away with it. And a lot of the other stations, a lot of the other AFRTS stations, um, didn't. They weren't able to, and we just kind of we just kind of did our own thing. And people liked it. You know, it's not like we were people hated it. People, it was the opposite. People liked it, and I think that that was the key to kind of like you know staying sane in that job and 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 putting out really good stuff is is just kind of like using our best judgment as opposed to saying play this play this play this no we play whatever the fuck we wanted and that was great yeah and i and i think that's why you had your podcast which was fantastic mm-hmm. and i think that's oh, why i have my podcast now is is because i miss those days i miss those yeah. those radio days those seminal halcyon days when you know i'm hosting after midnight and and my intro is a sugar cubes mix with Bjork, yeah, exactly. right? And yeah, our guy yeah. Bob Everdeen had to 
freaking balls to call like the drummer from the sugar cubes and get him to record sounders for us. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, after midnight, I don't know if you ever got a chance to host that show, but after midnight, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for a long time. Right. Right. So me, you and Jamie, right. We're the, we're the, mm-hmm. the ones that hosted after midnight and had the most fun with it. And, you know, I did vintage vinyl rock for a while, which was the noon to one show, which was obviously, kind of made right it's kind of on the nose vintage vinyl rock but i just got yep. shit like like blackfoot right i mean go listen mm-hmm. go go search youtube for blackfoot videos and, mm-hmm. and train train right it's got like the greatest ramp ever freaking recorded oh really oh my god and go go watch the concert footage these guys I mean, yeah. and, and they're blackfoot indians and so it's kind of funny how it all comes full circle i've been reading stephen graham jones Who's a Blackfoot Indian? And right, he's the only good Indians. A fantastic book. You got to read it. If you haven't read yeah. it, you got to read the damn book. I have his latest on my nightstand right now. It's called My Heart is a Chainsaw. But The Only Good Indians is a fantastic book, right? But yeah. but when you go back to what we what we did in Iceland and how we did it, I look at that whole time as the stepping stone for my entire professional life. Yeah, sure. I hear that. I, I yeah. I mean, so I mean, my musical taste was formed in high school, late high school, right? So you know me. I'm 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 the the eighties techno electronic dance, right? I'm I'm the Cure, yeah. Depeche Mode, New Order, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So all of that. And we were we were playing like the Goo Goo Dolls before anybody. Remember the sub pop lady? Do you remember the her? Sub-pop lady. You don't remember no, her? I don't. She turned me I on to stuff like is. Mary's Danish. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, you remember Mary's Danish? Oh for yeah, yeah. I mean I remember the uh, Don't Crash the Car, was that the song? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was just I mean, I have the album. I ha- I have the CD from from Mary's Danish. I mean, we were playing we were playing you know, the Goo Goo Dolls and the Smithereens and Utah Saints for fuck's sake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right yeah. before anybody ever heard of these freaking groups. Yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll never forget that time as long as I live because, you know, I mean, from from a music standpoint, I mean, Jamie when Jamie did after midnight, it was an event. Yes, I mean, yes, he he had he had fun. (laughs) 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 Talk about talk about envelope pushing. I mean, Jesus, he was. um, uh, Although you know, and I have to say, an interesting sort of side note to this is you're talking about like after midnight and um, you know the the radio stuff back then. Is that I remember. Um, uh, one night, it was a couple months before I left Iceland, and um, it was after Cinda had already left, so it was like Audrey and I were just in base housing, and I had just put Audrey to bed. She was like 18 months old, and I'm, I decided to turn on the radio, and, and I knew that Jamie was doing a radio show, and I turned on the radio show, and um, he and somebody else, I think it was Terry Welch, 
were on the radio and they were speaking very somberly about something and they mentioned something about Nirvana and then he said something like if you're just tuning in Kurt Cobain died and I was like mm. oh my god so talk about one of those like where were you when you found out Jamie Serafi right. had told me on the radio uh, right <laughs> I remember that like just like it was yesterday but I just remember him being and the thing that threw me off is that he was speaking very like soberly and Jamie didn't do speaking soberly on the radio. He was just nuts, you know. Right, on the radio. right. He yeah. had that whole personality, and I knew something was wrong. <laughs> like, right. who died? Well, I'll tell you who died. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I did yeah. a I did a Saturday morning show at one time, and nobody thought it was me because I was so like I just woke up, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not much different today than I was then, and. So I was, you know, loud and frenetic in, you know, when when you're doing the midnight show, when you do a midnight to two, you, you're trying to keep, you know, airplane mechanics awake, right? Yeah, right, so, exactly. Yeah, so, so when I would do the Saturday morning or Sunday morning show, if I did it, you know, on one cup of coffee, I was very sedate and I was very, you know, people, yeah, yeah. people wouldn't think it was me. And and same thing, you know. Terry would tell you, or Jamie would tell you that, that something terrible happened. You know, it, it seemed like I was always the one who got called in when there was a fucking snowstorm. <laughs> right? Really? Yeah. And don't you remember we had to play like stupid shit, like the Beach Boys or something, when when mm -hmm. yeah, you know, when there was bad weather, we were supposed to play this bright, happy, poppy music. Yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Oh, I know. But the, you know, there's there's YouTube videos people can find. Uh, you know, just do a search for AFRTS uh, MBS Keflavik Iceland, and uh, and you can see. Uh, you know, remember Pat Smith, Patrick Smith? Um, yeah, sure. You know, you know, it's funny. I went to I went to Denfos with Pat, and uh, it's funny. I got picked up for broadcasting, and he didn't. We ended up working together, so it's like it didn't fucking matter. Um, right, right. Well, that's the thing is that they send you to broadcasting you may or may not end up working in broadcasting. And yeah, uh, that, right. that's weird the way they did that. Needs of the Navy. <laughs> Needs of the Navy. Do we want to talk about fucking Dan Ball for fuck's sake? Oh my God. We we were stationed with yeah. Dan Ball and this guy, what is he, OAN now? And he's interviewing he's, Rudy he's, Giuliani yeah, and Donald Trump and he's, yeah. he's gone he, around the fucking bend. He's on this, he has this show called... Um, I don't know, America first or whatever the fuck it's called. Real America. That's it. Real America. And it's basically just batshit crazy far right news. It's like it makes Fox News look like NPR. I mean, it's um, yeah, he has gone around the bend and I don't know. You know, I used to follow him on social media and I don't anymore. And, and um, you know, he ended up marrying this like like MAGA loving supermodel or whatever. Right. I don't know if you, and yeah. and um i don't know who corrupted who but it's entirely possible that you know he like fell under the spell of her boobs or whatever and all of a sudden he's like yeah yeah <laughs> I, i'll whatever you say but um, here's the but, thing but, chris when you when you think about it though when, okay so when i first hooked up with chris on social media or chris dan fucking dan yes. ball he was an award-winning newscaster in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And he yep. got shit-canned, and I don't know why. He ends up, I think, in somewhere like Palm Springs, of all places. Yeah, right? That's right. Yep. In the desert. 
right? Mm-hmm. And he he's going through this whole thing with his his ex-wife and his daughter and custody yep. and uh, next thing you know he's he's on a fox affiliate somewhere yeah and then he kind of disappears and ends up on oan and i think right. it was you who sent me the the rudy giuliani thing then i mm-hmm. sent you the trump thing yes that's correct um, yes. And, 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 but, 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 but before he was with OAN, he had a brief stint as a realtor. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. He was in between and <laughs> he was in between. He should have stuck with that. He should have stuck with that and have a little bit of integrity. No, it's, <laughs> and, did you, did you see when, so he posted the, the, the video of his interview with Trump and I don't know if you saw it or not, but he put, he posted it on Twitter, and I replied with a a, a gif of uh, Roger Sterling from Mad Men throwing up. Um, no, I but missed that. But, but what I did what I did see was that he got his mic cut off at a school board meeting. I did see that, and then he apparently has you know. Um, he considers himself some sort of a local hero because he's standing up for all the anti-vaxxers because he's oh a fucking idiot. Because he's, he's, fuck, he's a fucking idiot. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, I don't know why or how or what, but I keep coming across like, like stuff Terry Welch says about different topics. And I always either like or agree with whatever Terry has to say. So I've, sure. I've come, you know, not that I want to get the act podcast to be political. Cause I really don't anymore. I will say the day that Joe Biden, when they called that, that he was going to win, I was drunk by noon. I was in the fucking bag. I was. I, I got into the good scotch, and I was done by noon. And nice. I'll never forget. Angie woke me up at like I don't know what freaking time in the morning it was when they finally called the election, and they said Joe Biden was going to be president. I was like, woo! And then I got up and I got into the good scotch at like eight o'clock in the morning, and I was in the bag by noon. Yeah, so well, as it should be. It was a great great day for all of us. As as it should be. I mean, it has not been a perfect year so far for for Joe, you know. But at the same time, at least we're living in this reality. Yeah, it's it's, um, a hell of a lot better off than we were a year ago, I'll tell you that. But, um, you know, and there's so... Still a long way to go. Still a lot of stupid people who don't know how to who who don't know how to behave during this time and don't know how to just get their asses vaccinated. And you know, there's always going to be idiots out there. But, but I think we just have to do the best we can. I mean, you know, that's just uh, that's the way it is. Absolutely. So I've got a lot of great guests lined up in the next couple of weeks. I've got Erin Chapman coming up. She is. Um, really behind a lot of online vampire initiatives, right? So me as the author of vampire books and a big fan of the genre, Erin, uh, she runs a website called vamped. Um, and, uh, she's going to be on the show. I've got, uh, author Mark London Williams, who, um, is kind of reimagining the, the, the zombie 
genre in literature, uh, but he's okay. also but he's also a, a Hollywood a movie entertainment correspondent uh, a journalist. So we're going to talk a lot about uh, about that stuff. I got Mikey Sola coming up. Mike Mike writes about. Uh, Jurassic Park type stuff, right? He writes a lot of fiction novels about this stuff, but I want to talk to him, and I was going to mention this to you. Um, there's a new series coming out called La Brea, and mm-hmm. um, it looks like shit. Um, it's I've seen that. I've seen it kind of pop up on my right? uh, Hulu feed or whatever. It looks yeah. like t- by by the makers of Zoo, right? And I watched a lot of Zoo uh, a few months ago. Uh, my oldest came to visit and uh, got to see William, and uh, who's I, I can't believe I'm the father of a 22 year old at this point. Um, <laughs> right, but William came to visit. We watched a lot of Zoo when he was here, and La Brea looks like it's made by the same people who made Zoo, which is a lot of bad CGI, almost made for a Sci-Fi Channel original bullshit. Um, but but Mike Mikey Solo writes a lot of like science gone wrong prehistoric type stuff so i want to talk to him about a lot of that that stuff that's happening and uh, so we've got uh, i've got some good guests coming up on uh, the next several episodes of the get the knack podcast of course chris once a month you know we got to do our thing uh, yeah you know get back into the routine Absolutely. and uh you know, it's uh, it's been a long time coming, and I know we're about an hour and a half in, and I really don't give a shit. Um, you know, exactly. Uh, who cares? Yeah, who cares, right? Can you believe that? Probably our last episode back in May was the most listened to episode I've ever had. It was well over two hundred listeners, and uh, oh, wow. yeah, right. right? I, I, you know, because we we would get you know a solid fifty, sixty listeners per show, and and I'm quite happy with that. But the last episode, and I don't know why, well over two hundred listeners. So, well, let's see if we can top that. <laughs> we can definitely top. I, I have faith in you. Right? It's, um, it's no, it's been it, it's been um, like I said before. I've been. I've been asking you all the time, like, I when are you going to do it again? When are you going to do it again? And um, this this feels right. So thanks for bringing it back. I'm looking forward to to listening to more and to participating in more. Yeah, Let's you know, a- absolutely. And, you know, I'm in a good place from a professional and a financial and, and all that standpoint. Uh, really enjoying living here in, in Washington. Um, yep. You know, it, it actually rains here. Which is fucking <laughs> stunning, right? I know so it's weird, isn't it? it? It is very strange having seasons. Um, you know, it, it's still in the '90s where I was living before um, mm-hmm. in in uh, San Joaquin Valley in, in California. Um, so here in Ocean Shores, um, I'm less than a mile from the beach. I can hear the ocean out my back window. I have an office. Mm-hmm. I am surrounded by books and DVDs and CDs and vinyl records and 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 all that. Uh, the house is what you would call mid-century modern, which I I love that style. Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, there's something about it, right? And there's some some cool architecture uh, here in the house. But again, I'm less than a mile from the beach. I can walk to it. I can hear it out my window, and. Uh, I own my house free and clear. No more mortgage payments. Ooh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and that, good for you. Yeah, and I know you've just been through the whole house buying process, 
and yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago, and you know, so you you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I love the house we lived in in Tracy. It was it was you know compared to this it was a big house right we're we're half the square footage but bigger backyard been playing a lot of basketball the last few months um got some great parks i have deer in my yard chris for fuck's sake i have deer in my yard i had a bear get out of my freaking trash a couple weekends ago how rustic how about how about how about how about snow snakes do you get any of those no snow snakes but but i haven't been here for a winter yet Okay, you and what the fuck, Gerard Johnson, right? The snow snakes. Yes. God, Jesus, with the. You're telling me you never heard of a snow snake, are you? Oh, I know all about snow snakes. I remember <laughs> snow snakes. I remember. I remember. And one of these days, I'm gonna have to get freaking those damn hot dogs sent, right? The the freaking lamb dogs. Yeah. Oh my god. Yep, they were they were the best hot dogs I ever had in my life. Um, but yeah, it's um. It's 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 kind of funny that I'm doing this from Ocean Shores and you're in in New York City right now. We couldn't be yep. the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to where know, we are at great? the moment. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Noah's technology. Noah's school is considered fringe rural. So if I wasn't in a beach or a coastal community, I'd be in the fuck country right now. <laughs> Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> but but does it matter that I'm wearing a Celtic shirt right now? Oh, I, I suppose I should be happy about that. You know me in sports, but right, um, right. But but that's my connection to Boston. I'm I'm still a Celtics fan. No, so, no. Right? Good for you. And I and Go I, Celtics. I, thank you. And I do have Irish blood in me, so you know. We, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that on a future episode. Actually, probably in the next episode. We, we can talk about that because I've done 23 and me I've done ancestry DNA and all that I know my mm-hmm. my uh, ethnicity finally and I know my you know I finally have my um, you know I know who my birth mom was and and the whole right, deal right. right so we can we can talk about that on on the next episode but the bottom line is it's kind of funny when I when you know I I know you <laughs> you you bristle at the mention at the dropkick Murphy's but you know, I play shipping up to Boston every time I put the Celtics on the fucking television. So uh-huh. you know, I get a, I get a little, I get a little, my Irish hangs out a little bit. Yeah, well, that's understandable. All right. I mean, I'm English, I'm Scottish, I'm Irish, but but the Irish hangs out when uh when I when the Celtics are playing. Right. Right. Well, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I will never. Ever in a million years try to convert you to a sports fanatic, but I know your son plays some plays some sports, plays a little bit, plays a little soccer, plays a little something. He's, he's into the soccer, yeah. He's really into the soccer. Um, hey, you know, maybe there's hope for me yet. You know, I, again, I will never get you into it, like like lock, stock, and barrel, like I am. But I will say this: um, the Seattle uh, area has a new soccer, uh, new hockey team called the Kraken. Ooh. Believe it or not. They're, they're called. I saw the the, the, the shirt. That you yes, I have. Yeah. I have my Kraken shirt. So I've never been a hometown guy, right? I've never been a. Oh, I got a root for the hometown, but I'm into the Kraken. So there we go, and you know, <laughs> we we get the the, the Lovecraft H.P. Lovecraft thing going on, that Providence Rhode Island thing. We get the Boston thing with the Celtics. So my brother from another mother, Chris Ingles, lives in Boston, Massachusetts guy. 
I'm yep. connected to you. Sounds good. I love it. <laughs> anyway, Chris, you got anything to wrap this show up with? We're freaking an hour and 45 into it, and I really don't give a shit because, you know, I've got um, the, the SoundCloud Unlimited plan. Um, I <laughs> oh. don't. I'm drawing a, um. I'm drawing a blank. Um <laughs> Um, it's been great. It's been great being on the podcast and uh, looking forward to doing it again. Absolutely. You know, the funny thing is the way people describe our, our interactions, it's like listening to a phone call between two, <laughs> two old buddies. And, uh-huh. and, and I can't think of a better way to, to, to put it. Right. And, and it's funny because my wife always says, why don't you just call your friend? Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, why the fuck do you do a podcast? Just call your friend. Just talk exactly. to him on the phone. You don't need SoundCloud for that. I get it. She's got a point. <laughs> I know. I don't need sixteen dollars a month. I don't need. I don't need to do that. Uh. <laughs> but anyway, the audio quality is better because we have a professional sounding setup. We've got a great new microphone and and Zoom equipment. Not to be confused with the the uh, uh, teleconferencing software. Um, right. You know mutually exclusive but um you enjoy the rest of your time in new york i'm glad you're having a good time yeah 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 enjoy the train ride home send pictures uh love love seeing the photos uh even though you're falling asleep reading a book on the fucking train um (laughs) that's what i do (laughs) it is what you do um but no no i love love seeing all the updates on on social media i love to see that uh you got together with your uh your family recently so that was good to see so yeah 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 and basically, uh, you know, Angie, Noah, and I basically said, fuck it. We, we moved to the middle of nowhere, but we got a beach. Yeah. So, there you go. Right. Perfect. So, I got deer in the backyard. I got raccoons. I got bears. I got, I got all kinds of stuff. So, um, no, we're, we're enjoying it up here in Washington State. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk in, uh, in a few weeks. We'll get the, uh, We'll get the November episode going. We'll talk about uh, all kinds sure. of fun stuff. Go watch some shit, though. Go watch Midnight Mass. Go watch these things that we're talking about. Um, get get reengaged in this stuff so we can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. I got a list. Yeah, I mean, music is is one thing, right? And I'm glad you got a chance to see, you know, one of your favorite bands. That that's that's yep. fantastic. Anybody who is still listening to this program, almost two hours into it. Um, Make sure you check out Chris on popmatters.com. He knows more about music. He's forgotten more about music than most of us will ever freaking know. Um, I, seriously. And, and you know, someday we need to bring Porkchop back. But that's a story for a different day. Um, but, but Chris is a drummer. And we didn't we didn't even talk about Charlie Watts, uh, Rolling Stones, uh, drummer. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I know that was near and dear to your heart, especially as a fellow yeah, drummer. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, but keep that in mind for next time. And, uh, you know, you've been listening to the Get the Knack podcast, the season five, believe it or not, season five premiere. And, of course, I've had my good friend, my old Navy buddy. I hate saying that. I hate saying old Navy buddy because it makes it sound nah, It is what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at 52, I don't feel like we're old, right? No. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right. So my longtime uh, Navy buddy, uh, Chris Ingalls, I have been Jerry Knack for Chris. We'll catch you next time here on the Get the Knack podcast.